God, thank you for for this uh, morning that we can uh, we can we can fellowship in your presence. Thank you that this is not a, just playing the church or some game, but this is a reality. Invisible heavenly reality. And we just call upon you and we ask you to move among us. Speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, I'll read this one verse from the uh, book of Jonah. He's one of the minor prophets. He's hidden among other little prophets. When you find the book of Matthew and you go backwards, just skip Malachi, Zechariah, skip Sophonias, Habakkuk, Nahum, Micah, and you are in Jonah. You, you will get there quick. <coughs> and it starts here. Jonah chapter 1 verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai. This is, this is so precious. You know, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Uh, how many times you you can hear a Christian saying, I want God to speak to me. You know, who doesn't want God to speak to him? Or who wants God to speak to him? You know, I want that God would speak to me. That's my desire. You know, I believe like everyone has a deep in his heart, like God, talk to me. You know, I want really to hear your word, what you say. So we pray for this. You know, we have this desire. And then it comes. Then God speaks. And what did what Jonah did? God tells him, arise and go to Nineveh. And verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee. So there is, a, <laughs> there is a someone, you know, who wants to hear from God. Like God speak to him. <coughs> And then God speaks, and I don't like it, and I run from it. It's kind of like oxymoron, you know. I want it, but I'm fleeing from it. And we have to be careful that we are not like a Jonah. You know, he heard clearly from God, but he was running away from it. So the question is not so much like, 
God speak to me, I want to hear. Because God speaks very clearly to us. We have the scriptures. You know, from cover to cover. And when we study the scriptures, we know the mind of God. But now, do we free from it, or do we receive it? You know, is it is it a life for us? Is it the bread that we eat? Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. And, and we will look at these verses. We will stay here a little bit. It says here. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Okay. All scripture. Matthew 4 4 says that uh, that uh, we will we should live by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is the same concept. All scripture is given by inspiration. In the Greek there is this telpneustos. It means it was it's a, it's a breathed out from God. It's the spirit of God. That's the word which proceeds out of his mouth. So God spoke and gave us this word. And we should live by every word. And you know, this is the problem in, in today's society. You know, people people don't believe this word. They don't know this word. So they don't know how to live. Because they have no definition. They are confused. Uh, many Christians don't even know what's the mind of God on certain topics. Uh, don't buy this stuff when people say, oh, this is like gray area, that's not so defined. No, the more you read and study the Bible, you realize that the Bible is very clear. Hebrews 4.12, it's a sharp. It's a sharp, it's not a dull sword, it's a sharp sword. It divides, you know, and, and it divides and goes into the marrows of bones, into, even into the inner parts. So the word of God is uh, quick and powerful. Just simply said, very clear. Very clear. You know, if if you ever have a discussion with someone, and they will say, well, this is not 
really clear. I don't buy it. Maybe I don't understand it now. That's one possibility. But as we study and as we let God reveal scripture upon scripture to us, you know, it's less cloudy and very clear. So this is very important to to understand that there is no confusion. And I'll just tell you one thing. Uh, there is a lot of uh, big movements in Christianity. <laughs> there is this one guy, I will not like put his name up, but uh, he is like he has like a huge church. And he has this like long hair. Like to waste. You know, and he's very popular. I mean, not, not with us, but uh, out there in the world. And people listen to him, you know, and they follow him. And you know, just, just turning into, into 1 Corinthians like uh, 11.14. Because I want to just show you something very clearly. 1 Corinthians 11.14 speaking about the order in the church. Yeah. There is just this point. Does not even nature itself teaches you that if a man have a long hair, it is a shame unto him? Now, this is very clear. There is no questions about this verse. So how come this, this preacher can have a long hair? That's the question. And this man speaks about the presence of God and worship of God. But as you see, it, it does not fit. He is not loving the truth. And basically the truth is not in him. And I'm not speaking now about the Christian growth. Meaning you have someone who comes to church and he has to learn and he has to grow and there is a grace for him. When I when I came to church first time, I, I had a longer hair. Uh, I had uh, I had my friend uh, who had also longer hair you know and, and my neighbor called my mom and she saw me with my friends and she called and she said your son has brought home some girl I saw her she had this long black hair my mom like, oh, you brought some girl home with the long black hair. Like, no, it was Peter, you know, he has a long hair. <laughs> so, uh, as you see, it's a confusion. You know, and I used to do it in a spirit of rebellion. 
Because young people, when they rebel, they go against the established order. And then men look like women. And then women look like men. And, and it's confusion. But I just want to point out that that uh, we should live by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you know, like we are never on the side of a legalistic preaching. No, but uh, the truth changes us. Or basically, the truth of the Scripture tells us who we truly are. And in Romans 12:2, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed, metamorphosis. What's the metamorphosis? Metamorphosis. You know, uh, if you are an art person, you love metamorphosis. If you study psychology, you love metamorphosis. In this sense, it means speaking about butterfly. It's an ugly worm. You know, maybe you could make a soup number five from him. Ugly worm. But, but then he comes into cocon. And then a beautiful butterfly comes out. So the metamorphosis speaks about the inner truth, which so is not seen yet. And Romans 12.2 says, don't be like this world. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Let the inner truth which is in you just come out. Because God says you are precious. You are beautiful. You have a tremendous value. You are a king's daughter or king's son. You know, maybe we don't see it when you wake up and go to the, to the mirror in the morning. But I believe it. That's the faith. I believe I'm the daughter of a king. I believe I'm his son. And then let this inner truth come out. Then, then we behave this way if we know who we are. Now, you don't need to tell to the dog how to bark. Because he knows he's a dog, so he knows how to bark. But if you come to a man and you tell him you are a dog, then he will start to bark. So we don't necessarily tell people what to do. <coughs> we just tell them who they are. And they will know what to do. You know, 
we know who we are and therefore we know what to do. We know who we are and we know what to do. It's automatic. If you get the letter, there is written that you are a millionaire. You know how to behave like a millionaire. Right away you know. You know. It, it changes you from inside. Now, now you know your power and authority. Yeah. And the, the same way this scripture, this letter tells us how rich we are. You know, how, how loved we are. How powerful we are in God. That we are accepted in the beloved and we have a family. So uh, that's why we need to know the scripture. How can a person live by every word if he doesn't know the word? Uh, Christianity without the word uh, cannot be living Christianity. Because it says, Matthew 4, 4, like we should live by every word. Not necessarily you should obey every word. But the meaning is there is a life in it. If we know it, we get the life from it. And it really leads our steps. And uh, it says here that all scripture is profitable. Speaking about gain and profit. So Basically, it says, if we know and study this word, there is some profit, some gain. Uh, there is a promise in this. You will gain something. And uh, then it says, it's, uh, it's good for doctrine. You know, the Greek word for doctrine is didaskalia. Didaskalia, good for doctrine. Second Timothy three sixteen again. D i d a s k a l i a didaskalia. And, and the word speaks about teaching. And and what is the teaching? The teaching is that we learn things. The problem is uh, the the public school education system. Which which presents us uh, some way of teaching. But that's not necessarily the perfect picture of education. Uh, 
know that when the father gets on his knees with his son then a, a far som på knä med med sitt son and they start to build a castle from the blocks och de bygger ett 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 slott med såna här legor och massa blocks yeah it's a teaching det så lär man barnen this is education this is the didaskalia you know the teaching is not necessarily the picture we have received from the world the father who takes his son for fishing and they wait and they talk and then they have a catch and then they uh, put the fish on on the coals that's teaching you know it's it's a part of our life it's beautiful the teaching and learning is beautiful you know the daddy takes his little girl around his neck and makes a horse you know the bond is created the boat bond bond between the child and the father yeah. yeah this is teaching that I want to be in this school when you look at the school of Jesus how he was teaching did he hand out papers or papyrus yeah or or the piece of skin to to his disciples to write on it no they just walked and he was teaching as they're walking using principles in nature and life and then the teaching was mainly around the food because it's very connected to fellowship it's an enjoyable part of life you just sit around the table and you talk that's what the Christmas is all about people come together and they sit around the table together and they have fellowship and they just talk like how is your life how is it there and they share and basically uh, uh, there are two words for the church one is ecclesia it means ek kaleo the called out ones or we could say gathering people who have been called and they come together that's gathering and then there is uh, another word for church I just forgot it uh, koinonia and uh, koinonia means sharing you know you have a bread you break it and you share the bread yeah. I put the butter do you want the butter here you go and and then then you share your life you know you come to church and you share your life 
kommit till kyrkan och du delar ditt liv. You even share your problems. Du delar dina problem. Pastor, can you pray for me? Pastor, kan du be för mig? Can I'm sharing my problems with you. And you are sharing things with God. And God is sharing things with you. Because we are his friends. How was it with Abraham? God goes to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he says, Should not I tell my friend Abraham? He is sharing his thoughts and his his future steps that's the fellowship it's so beautiful that's the round table where we sit and eat you know what jesus did when the disciples betrayed him Betrayed and left. Peter denied him three times. And then he says, I go fishing in John 21. And what what the others say, we go with you. So basically, Peter made the church split and he took away all the disciples with him. And what Jesus does in John 21. He makes a fish. And he says, Children, do you have something to eat? And of course they don't. And they come to him. And they they eat with him. Speaking about the fellowship and sharing. He says, I want to share with you from my riches. And you you can share with me. This is this is the fellowship, the koinonia. That's why that's why church is so amazing if it's properly understood. That's why we had so great time last night. It was all about sharing. You know, people come and they share even the touch, like. Mm. How are you? The handshake, the hug, and, and, and the words. It's so rich. You know, and God invites us to this table of fellowship. So this is the didaskalia. This is the true school. This is the true schooling. Forget about homeschooling. Forget about public schooling. You know, this is the right kind of schooling. And, and you will like this one. Jesus never graded his disciples. He, he, ne- he never gave F, failed. You know, he was just sharing and ministering and building and teaching, instructing. Yeah, because it's not important to label someone if he fails. They know it. They know it. Have you ever failed? 
Have you ever failed your father? Your mom, your friends. You know it when you do it. And it's not gonna help you if somebody will put an F on you. You know what helps? Come and dine. I have a fish for you. I know you are in trouble. Just come back into fellowship. You are restored. You know, this is the right didaskalia, the right schooling. Oh, I, w- I wish I, w- I would be going in such a school. But I did not, unfortunately. That's why I have so many problems now in this life. And I am glad I can blame someone, you know, for my problems. <laughs> no, we, we don't blame. It was uh, Adam and Eve, they were blaming each other, and then yeah. Satan and God. So this scripture is this kind of school. Uh, how do we learn about love? Oh, people say love is important. Love is important. But how do you define love? What is love? And, and we just study and see in the scriptures. You know, when a boy comes to a girl and he and he takes a rose from a park and he says, I love you. You know, is this love? Well, it can be. I'm not like mocking it. But reading 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. And in 13.5, and the next word says, and doesn't seek its own. This boy with the flower, is he pure in his motives? Or is he seeking his own? Maybe he knows that he will gain something. So now you see the love is not so pure as was presented. But God's love does not seek its own and is patient. And true love can wait. That's why we believe in so-called no-touch love. Yeah, because love can wait. This is true love. And people don't know it in the world. Because they, they've never learned it. From whom? From whom they could learn it? But we can learn it from Jesus. This this is so amazing. You know, how, how this is changing our lives. Just knowing this definition and our life is different. It's really beautiful. And then it says uh, it's good for reproof. 
This word for reproof is elekhos. And basically means proof, conviction or evidence. Well, if we have some questions or arguments, two people have three opinions usually. <laughs> you know, but then you bring the evidence. This is it. What are you arguing about? This, this is the proof, the evidence. So uh, it makes our path straight. We are not walking in the darkness anymore. It's good for correction. Oh, if we if we would preach this in some legalistic church, you know, correction, reproof. Immediately you see the rod and the beating. You know, and I'm I'm really sorry for those people. You know, you don't need to be Greek scholar to to know the scriptures. There is this great tool. It's called Strong's Concordance. Every word of the Bible has been numbered, and you can see the the number and find the exact Greek meaning with the explanation. And this expands your study. Because this word for correction is is epanorthosis. Just forget about the epan now. But orthosis. We know what the orthosis is. You know, it's like when, when you when you break your knee you go to a doctor and, and he gives you this, this special support for your broken knee. It's, it's called orthosis. This, this is the correction. The correction is not that you beat someone because he doesn't obey the truth. This correction is that you help him stand straight. You help him not to hurt himself anymore. You, you, you are there for him to hold him in the place where he should be. Do you see how many times we don't understand just simple words? Uh, you should be corrected. You know, and bang, you know, you with a clap on your head. Yeah. Or someone comes and just like holds you by your arms and says, I'm here for you. I'll help you. We walk together. You are not in this trouble alone. 
You have me and us and others. You have me and me and us. This is what God does. This is God's correction. You know, I love the scripture so much. Because it shows me in a good way how, how wrong I am. And it shows me how beautiful God is. And I want him more and more. You know, if imagine you come to a church and you say, in your prayer, you know, people pray, God bless me, bless me. And you pray, God correct me. You know, because we don't have a fear of this world anymore. Because we understand he will be the orthosis for us, he will he will help us. And one of the names of God Himself or the Holy Spirit is Parakletos. Para is next to us. It means the name of Holy Spirit is the one who stands by you. It's like it's like a best best friend which goes with you to the, to the toilet. You know, like everyone used to do this. Hey, I go to the bathroom. Come with me. Come with me. And you hold your friend and you go together and you talk. Because you have fellowship that you don't want to break even by going to the bathroom. You are together all the time. The Holy Spirit is with us. You know, He is standing next to us. We are never alone. And then it's good for instruction. Uh, it's another word, paideia. We have this word pedagogos coming from it. Which is teaching. And verse 17, why? Why do we all this? That the man of God be perfect, thoroughly furnished, Unto all good works. So this is the result. Uh, people who speak about good works, they will never have a good works if they do not study the scripture. Because here's the sequence. All scripture is given from God for our benefit for learning and so on and on that we are perfect and equipped unto all these good works. So basically studying the scripture produces the good works. And, and it's so powerful and beautiful. So back to this simple truth. How can this man be so popular having a long hair? 
Hur kan den här personen vara så populär med så långa hår? And you know, I don't have a, such a big problem with the long hair. I'm just using this. Jag har inget problem med långt hår. Jag bara använder det. Because everybody clearly sees that this verse has no other uh, meaning. It's a shame for a man to have a long hair. And yet this man is preaching how he knows the Lord. You know who knows the Lord? The one who fails. And then he knows he is welcomed by God. When we know his word and therefore his character. That's why we study this and learn it. Because then we know how he thinks about us. All scripture from cover to cover. And praise God that our ministry is known for teaching. For grace teaching. You know, when you type in the name of a Greater Grace World Outreach, you will not get so many videos with the beautiful worship. But you will get the messages. And we have a great heritage. You know, the men of God who walked before us who taught us you know, that's why we study and learn yeah. and I'm happy uh, I could visit this church this is unbelievable you know, I can't describe it you know like angels and God and, and his word present here and then how precious you are. And we are looking forward to see you again at uh, another event even. Yeah, and God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.